Hayfield Hang 10. Watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Butler, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in a recording booth. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, and welcome Nerdy Nights at the Well-Rounded Table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely darky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew. Unfortunately, Sarah O'Connor, the Queen of Queries, is off this week. But she's Queen of Art. Art She's the Queen of Art at the art show this weekend. Glad we're she's finally able to get back to those. (laughs) The world is coming back. Finally. Mm. Seriously. But no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn. We still have. That's darn right. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking our detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into Season 2, Episodes 19 and 20, The Forgotten Droid and the Mystery of Chopper Face. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. We have done our best to scramble our signal and we'll be avoiding spoilers. But while I'm at it, I will throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. So without further ado, let's hop on board the coast and punch it to Adelon to explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, open up that first holocron. You got it. Well, I'm going to send you into it first, actually. Our first holocron is the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the plot and, you know, the synopsis and summary for these episodes. And this week, it's hysterical and terrifying. It's all comedy and then a horror movie. It's ridiculous. So, all right. It really was... is. It's a buddy cop comedy, <laughs> and then all of a sudden everything's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. So, starting us off with the forgotten droid, the rebel fleet might be finally getting itself out of danger. A new base is seemingly within their grasp, but the fleet has just one more obstacle to overcome. Their ship carrier doesn't have enough fuel to make the jump. So, Hera and the ghost crew volunteer to go to an Imperial shipping depot and steal some. While he's supposed to be prepping the ship for a quick getaway, Chopper, after some like really not okay jiving from Zeb and Ezra, I was like, guys, fuck off. Leave yeah, my man they alone. Were be- they were being rude. <laughs> they were being they thought they were rude. so funny. <laughs> yeah. So he leaves the ghost and to go try to get a replacement leg for his mismatched his mismatched yeah. one. Yeah. After the Ugnot junk dealer refuses to sell at a price Chopper can afford, which rude but also like i mean dude's got to make a living like i don't think he was trying to cheat him out of anything he was actually going for what it would go for and chopper just happens to be broke yeah but chopper being chopper he steals the leg instead and hides from the pursuing stormtroopers through a random side door whoopsie surprise the door was to a cargo freighter and it's taken off Chopper tries to hide in the ship, but is discovered by AP-5 Jem, the inventory droid who is trying to retrieve the ship's manifest for its useless douchebag captain. Mm. This guy needs to get demoted right away. Mistreatment of droids, unfair. Chopper manages to convince AP-5 not to report him to security, and as a thank you, he zaps AP-5's restraining bolts off. Yay, liberation! Chopper manages to beat down the captain hilariously and then he lures the troopers into the cargo hold and releases said cargo hold from the main part of the ship (laughs) despite ap5 in the background going the odds are not good for this this is not going to work actually got a 10 percent chance of working (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love it so much on the bridge whoever gets there first is the captain obviously they contact the ghost and of course, it turns out the rebels are in trouble. The f- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the fleet is under attack, and the ghost now has to try and get through this battle to get so that they can refuel the carrier. 
after its main guns are taken out, Ketsu, aka now Shadow Leader, swoops in for the save. The refueling is almost complete, and the fleet is preparing to jump to the Yos system, where they think they will be safe. But not so fast. AP5 hears the words Yos system and warns Chopper that the Empire is setting a trap there. So what they thought was a deserted system is actually crawling with Star Destroyers. Chopper relays the info to Hera, who does put her faith in the droid. Kanan tells her, don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we are betting the entire rebel fleet on Chopper. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Fantastic. As Chopper once again fights off that stupid cargo freighter captain, AP5 works to find coordinates for a safer system. And as he is transmitting them, he is shot by the captain, who gets then... I mean, he got beat down before, but now Chopper is just like, dude, you shot my friend, and he Fs him up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually, st- I I do want to know, did he kill the captain? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to jettison the guy into space. Yeah, I mean he, I mean he went from just like hitting him with this leg to chopper like up in the air, spinning fast so that the leg has become like a helicopter propeller blade, yeah. <laughs> repeatedly hitting the guy across the face. What's the moral of the story, injury. guys? Don't ever fuck with Chopper's friends. Never. Mm-mm. The fleet is able to find its new base at the coordinates for Adelon, and Chopper donates the parts from the stolen leg to repair his new friend, AP5. Who then says, I knew you were stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you give me your part? And then it's like, Chopper, of course, swears at him. He's like, you could get destroyed on six systems for saying that to me. Oh, I cannot. I love AP5 and Chopper's dynamic so much. Absolutely. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> next, we have the next episode, The Mystery of Chopper Base, which I love this episode, even though it is creepy as fuck. The Rebels are setting up their new base on the planet Adelon. Kanan and Ezra are in the middle of what appears to be a marathon sparring match that ends in a tie. Well, a tie. Kanan's like, there's no tie. <laughs> You're dead. It's <laughs> not a tie. Once Ahsoka returns, they plan to depart from the ghost to try and solve the ongoing Inquisitor problem. Everyone seems to recognize the necessity of the plan, but no one seems really that happy about it. As Rinzub share a nice moment with a drink, it's gotta be booze, guys, let's be fair. Absolutely. And the sunset, promising that when they're reunited, they can swap war stories. Such a cute bro. The brothers in arm, it was great. I'm here for it. I'd forgotten about that moment, like, until I rewatched this. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. It's really sweet and really quiet, which is weird for Ezra and Zeb. Yeah. Well, because it also starts out like Ezra is, like, seeking Zeb out. Yeah. He's like, Chopper, where's Zeb? Chopper's like, I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I don't care. He's chasing that freaking snail thing around the ship. (laughs) And at first he points to their empty room. And Ezra's like, he's not in there. Chop's like, I don't know what to tell you. It just goes away. I love it. All right, so this is where things get a little bit creepy. As part of setting up the base, soldiers are placing sensors around the perimeter to detect anyone trying to sneak up on them. Lieutenant Dicer failed to check in after placing hers, so Sabine and Rex go to investigate. They're attacked by several Krikna spiders. No, thank you. <laughs> and Rex is carried off with adorably he's like get off me you crawl this <laughs> i love rex's voice he's great sabine returns to base to get help and the ghost flies to the rescue or so it thinks or so yeah <laughs> in the tunnels underground harris sends kate and ezra in one direction while she sabine and zeb take the other because they need to get used to operating without the two jedi it's, ugh, kind of a tough moment for her there but yes. i mean yeah. I'm, i forgive her for this yeah i mean she's stressed out yeah and she's trying to make Kanan feel bad. <laughs> so Ezra attempts to connect with the spiders because that's his thing, but he really only seems to anger them further. Uh, the others find Rex and pry him free, but in doing so, they wake up all the other Krikna. Kanan and Ezra manage to cut a path out of the tunnels, and everyone runs for the ghosts. Unfortunately, the Kricknas have used their webbing to ground the ship and they can't take off. Seriously, that stuff has to be strong. When Kara's like, we're at full power, I'm thinking like full sublight. Yeah. And they can't, and they can't break the webbing. Yet the lightsabers are able to cut through it like that. I don't know. Magic. Yes. (laughs) 
So Sabine sees the sensor relay off in the distance and realizes that its signal can repel the Krikna spiders. Ezra devises a plan quickly that involves him and Kanan force-throwing Sabine over the horde of Krikna to retrieve the sensor. They overshoot it just a little bit, and Sabine does almost plummet to her death off of a cliff. But she does manage to get the sensor and holds off the monsters while Kanan and Ezra cut the webbing. Ooh, that was a tense moment. I was like, really, you guys? Really? Come on now. Grab her back. I know. I was like, Kanan, come on. You've done this before. Grab her back. Yeah, I guess things were happening too quickly, but yeah. I, mm. Good thing goodness Sabine is very athletic. Mm-hmm. So the ghost is able to lift off and get back to base where Sabine designs a sensor relay fence to protect the base from future Krikna attacks. And they are like circling the base. Like these guys were going to try and get in there. With a push from Sabine, Kanan talks to Hera and finally about leaving and promises that they will be together again. A beautiful hug ensues, y'all. Yeah. So good. Pelvis to pelvis. They are dating, y'all. <laughs> like, let's let's not even joke about this. Sarah knows the plan is the right one, but always thought that no matter what they were facing, they'd be facing it together. <laughs> it's fine, everything's fine. Ezra's trying to again connect with the Kirknas, but he can't manage it. I'm like, fine, I guess we won't be friends. <laughs> it's great. That's a great line. Great. Ezra had some great lines in this in these episodes. He really did. I like his surliness and also just his <laughs> spaz attitude. It's so good. He's trying so hard to use the force for what it's meant to be used for. And the spiders are just like, nah, bitch. We don't roll with that side of the force, I guess. He spots Morai, which, yay, which only can mean one thing. Ahsoka's back. The two have a brief conversation about understanding the force and set out to depart for their mission with Kaden. Who's ready for Twilight of the Apprentice? Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move then into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we explore the themes or just theme from today's episodes. I'll start us off with episode 19, the theme of choice. This episode does a lot to highlight the the actual sentience and autonomy that droids have. Shout out to Sarah O'Connor, the defender of droids. Droid Liberation Front, another shout out to L3. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so Chopper makes a very deliberate choice to go after that leg. Even though Hera yes. warned him off, he let himself get riled up and he's like, I want this thing, I'm gonna do it. More or less, you would think that that is going somehow against programming, but he does it anyway. And then AP5 makes several choices throughout the episode to help his friend. And you can see him yeah. struggling with it the first time. He's like, I... Even with nope. the restraining bolt on. Like, I know. Dang. Ugh. It's it's so good. I love that they give the droids sentience. Like they're yeah. not just mindless automatons wandering around the ships. They I also actually just, have personality. Yeah. I, lo- I love AP5's personality. I love that he's like, I don't mind the fact that I've been like relegated from navigator to inventory droid. I mind the fact that this captain's a douchebag. Yeah. It's like, I'll still do my job if my supervisor weren't so crap. Yeah. Which, fair. I think we all feel that way. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Next, for episode 20, we have the changing teamwork dynamic. Like, what happens when part of the team can't participate anymore? Making up for the missing team member can be super difficult, especially when that person is, like, an integral part of the group. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, I can feel hair here. Like, there's a reason why she's upset. Yeah. Because... Kanan and now Ezra are usually part of every single mission planning that they do. They're super powerful. And if they leave, it's kind of like they're abandoning them to their fate. Like what would have happened if they hadn't reconnected in those caves? Like Zeb, Sabine and Hera would have been screwed. And Rex, and Rex was with them too, but they probably, they might've still escaped, but. They wouldn't have been able to cut themselves out of the webbing. No. They would not have. So like, mm, this is going to be interesting going forward if they have to keep separating. Yeah. Which this theme leads into our series theme rather nicely. Absolutely. Back again with that chosen family. And what happens when it's time for any family to start taking separate paths? I mean, this is the coming of age piece where the kids are starting to grow up. Mm-hmm. You know, Sabine's the one who pushes Kaden to talk to Hera. Ezra is growing more and more powerful. He is on par with Kanan here. Like yep. they he are. He has a plan. Like it's his plan that they use. 
it's his plan. They're dueling, and Kanan can't beat him. They are both trying their darndest. <laughs> um, and it's time to change. There are different types of families, and it's time for this one to reshape itself a little bit. And that's always a hard thing to do. Super, super hard. Mm. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm sure the next two seasons of this show will be perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, then let's move right into our third holocron, The Galaxy's Populous, where we look at the <laughs> characters and relationships highlighted in these episodes. I'll start us off with AP5 and Chopper and their dynamic. This is just an instantly classic pairing in my book. Very, very classic buddy comedy, Abbott Costello type. Um, Completely. They just play off each other. They complement each other so well. And I just love that AP5 refuses to put up with Chopper's shit. Yeah. <laughs> like even though he's absolutely chasing him all over the ship, he's looking down, he's not willing, he's not afraid to be like, you know what? No, bye. <laughs> yeah, like uh, all those little yeah. all those little small chase scenes, like we get the shots of like Chopper zipping down a hallway and AP5 like slowly like, walking after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cute. It's like, I'll get you eventually. All right. And then that that moment up on the bridge where AP5 shows off his real sass, like okay, you can be captain, drops the leg, sits in the captain chair. What? You abandoned your post. I almost did a spit take when I saw that the first time. (laughs) (sighs) Yes. So AP5 is an RA7 protocol droid, uh, which we first saw on the Death Star in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. They look like little bugs. They do. They have very very bug eyes going. Mm -hmm. It's like, Geonosis, what's happening? They were not designed by the Geonosians, but still, they, they kind not. of have that weird bug-like appearance. <laughs> Sticking with our droid buddies, next we have Hera and Chopper. This episode gives us a little more insight into their relationship. Chopper tells AP5 how she rescued him like, <laughs> during the Clone Wars when Hera was probably pretty young. So yeah. she like went out to a crashed ship to rescue a droid. It's no wonder her dad was kind of teed off about it. Like you went out into an active war zone disaster and to save a droid. I did. I did very much enjoy um, AP's reaction to hearing that it was a Y wing. It's like, oh yeah, those do have problems on reentry. Yeah, they're like those are shit. <laughs> like it's no wonder your ship crashed. <laughs> I do love it. Oh, it's too good. Um, yeah, I mean, this is. It's so sweet. Like, he's like, a sentient rescued you? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess that should get some respect. Yeah. Which is really cute. I mean, here it goes full mom, too, on Chopper this episode, which is great. (laughs) She uses his full designation when she's yelling at him through the comms. She's like, see what? What's it be? (laughs) I just had flashbacks where it'd be like, Gareth Zabarellius. Yes. Mm. So then Chopper knows he is in a big trouble when he gets home. But he does save the day, so he probably avoided some punishment. Too much punishment. Plus, he donates his leg. He does. So that was that very AP sweet. So that can be reactivated. So I'm sure Harris like, I guess he learned something. So we're just going <laughs> to let this one go. Another couple that gets highlighted here, we got Kanan and Ezra. And my first question on this, is Ezra getting taller? Like, I actually noticed it in this in this particular episode. I was like, he does look like he's growing. Mm-hmm. Like, he just had a growth spurt. I think he's growing. And I mean, these two just have such a great bond. They are more than evenly matched with their lightsabers, and their banter is just chef's kiss. Ezra has some amazing one-liners throughout this. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, when Kanan's like, you know, that's my move, right? And it's like, hey, I steal from the best. What can I say? So nice little compliment, little uh, little sass. And then as they're arguing and Kanan runs off, he's like, you always change the subject when I start winning. Such a parent move too. I know. <laughs> it's like, you're winning the argument. It's time to pivot to something else. Yes. They just have such great like father-son energy. And I think Kanan is going He's definitely going a little bit harder than normal on Ezra, but you can tell that he is just scared. Kanan is absolutely scared of not only losing Ezra, but losing everybody. He has no idea what to do about the Inquisitors. No. I mean, he's just really starting to come into his own as a Jedi Knight. Mm -hmm. 
and he's terrified by what happened in the temple the last time they were there. So scared. Well, and they don't know how many Inquisitors there are. They don't. I mean, we know, but <laughs> they don't know. They yeah. don't know how many Inquisitors could come for them yeah. if they kill these two or somehow get rid of them without killing them, which I'm sure will happen. <laughs> Everything's fine, you guys. No one dies in Star Wars. All right, so next we have, speaking of this, Kanan's relationships. We have Kanan and Hera. Mom and dad are worried, y'all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kanan appears to have completely gotten over his, I don't want to be part of the greater rebellion phase, which is good to see. Like he's realizing that it's important to stick with them and that Hera is an important part of the rebellion. It should make Hera happy. Just look at his excited <laughs> face. Ready Prince Jr. Delivery. <laughs> Amazing. Perfection. I love it. Hera doesn't look super impressed though. <laughs> She's worried about this side mission that Keenan, Ezra, and Ahsoka are planning. She mm-hmm. is super salty in the tunnels when she stated that they needed to get used to operating without the two Jedi. As Zeb and Hera and Sabine are like, okay. <laughs> that, we're going to walk right by that and not yeah. worry about that until later. Of course, they are able to work through it again by shocking talking about it. <laughs> How do we solve our communication issues, y'all? There's oh. Communicates. What? What? I do like that they do talk about it, though. They don't yeah. be mad. Right. Even though Kanan is kind of being a doofus about it, and Sabine has to tell him to go talk to Hera. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? She's fine. Like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, Kanan. Oh, Kanan. Kanan, she hasn't let you touch her for, like... <laughs> days you think everything's fine yeah Mm. one more quick relationship to highlight we talked about it a little bit earlier already Ezra and Zeb I mean they just do so well together and another one of Ezra's great lines is when the the cryptic spiders are crawling all over the ship they realize they have to cut free and Zeb's like I don't want to do that what are you talking about and Ezra's on the comm being like oh great Zeb me one of the last Jedi's ever in existence might get eaten because you were too scared to go outside and Zeb's like I'm fine with that (laughs) (laughs) too good I love them their dynamic has grown so much oh absolutely I love it I mean sink or swim when you have to be roommates with somebody All right, before we get into our next holocron, we'll take, we'd like to take a moment to tell you about this week's sponsor, Bruch. Bruch is an electronic toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that really good feeling when you leave the dentist, you get that fresh whole mouth clean, your teeth are nice and slick. It's like that every single day. Our listeners can get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Sounds great. We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, a designer, or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs? or maybe an expert presentation designer to help you with the big work project, look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of Bohemian Geek Studies, and we appreciate your continued support, always. 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 All right, everybody, we are now going to move into our fourth holocron, Binding the Galaxy Together, where we will go over our homages and Easter eggs from these episodes. I'll get us started with Katsu. (laughs) Katsu Anyu is back. I 100% forgot she shows up here. I know, I did too. I completely forgot. I was like, I know she's going to show up eventually someday, but this part, I was like, oh, all right. I love her. Bring her back always. We don't get to see too much of her, though, but she does swoop in with her ship, the Shadowcaster, to help out the team. And then we have another fun sighting, another fun alien sighting. Ugnats. We love the (laughs) Ugnats. We love you. (laughs) I miss Quill so much. Oh, Quill. This guy doesn't seem shady at all, though, right? Right? He's running a legitimate business. Some so of his stuff might be 
liberated. Not stolen. Not stolen. <laughs> he so needs to go work for Lando. <laughs> this would be such a good partnership. That would be that would be an interesting partnership. Or you know what would be better? Hondo. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean that's just me, but um, a couple other things. Yes, a couple <laughs> other things I noticed at that junk sand uh, right next to the leg chopper wanted was a pit droid, which we saw in as far back as uh, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And what appears to be a like protocol droid's head just kind of hanging in the back. It looks very much C-3PO's head. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yes. Maybe for like foreshadowing that Chop is going to meet a protocol droid. <laughs> could be, could be. Just a different one. Yep. Uh, Chopper and AP5 also realized that they were both involved in the Ryloth campaign during the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. and Dula badmouthed Chop at the last set of episodes, so mm-hmm. we're pretty sure he wouldn't think much of AP5 either, but I have the same response I have to everything and Dula does. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Hard agree. We hate you, Sham. <laughs> but good job, I guess, being Hera's dad. Like, you, you gave us Hera, so we're going to at least give you props for that one. Speaking of the droids, next we have restraining bolts. These are these small cylindrical devices that can be affixed to a droid in order to limit its functions. You know, mm-hmm. that's fine. And unless enforce they, its you know, obedience. Mm. Unless they, you know, trick their master into removing it. Shouts to R2. <laughs> yes! R2's such little shit. I love it. He's like, oh, yes, this restraining bolt. Oh, oh no, I can't replay the message of the hot chick. I'm sorry. And then Luke takes it off immediately. He's like, oh, I totally don't know what you're talking about. What message from the hot chick? I mean, there was no message. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. So the restraining bolts restricted the droids from any movement its master did not desire Mm -hmm. and also forced it to respond to signals produced by a handheld control unit in some cases, like Visago used in earlier Rebels episodes on his droids. Yes. All right, next up we have the Krikna spider. I mean, it has six legs, not eight, but everyone calls it a spider, so we will too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if even Ezra can't connect to a creature, you know it's bad news. Mm-hmm. So the original concept art was from Ralph McQuarrie piece, uh, originally designed for Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yes, they ultimately went with the Wampa instead for that one. Glad they did. I would be happy to never see these guys again. Mm-hmm. This one, oh, but we do. <laughs> we do. So this one isn't so much of an Easter egg when this movie came out. It is more of a future one because now they have appeared later on in the Mandalorian episode, The Passenger. You can also get those dis- those delightful little creepy crawlers at Disney's Galaxy's Edge. But um, why would you ever do that? It's horrifying. I went into the creature shop and was like, why? Why is this a thing? I couldn't even touch it. I'm like, no, horrible. Why are we doing this to our children? But some of the kids were looking at them. So I'm like, oh, I guess it looks cool. They don't know what it is, maybe. <laughs> you need gross. a bad guy. They need a bad guy for to play with. That's true. You do need a bad guy. We did have alien toys from the Ridley Scott slash James Cameron <laughs> movies when we were little. So that, and kids are weird. We, it's just what happens. That's explaining Next. a lot in my head right now. <laughs> Hey, come on now. My brother and I, we were really into science fiction and apparently horror movies. <laughs> yeah, we were young when we had those, you guys. It was, we're strange. It's fine. Next, we have the Morai, yay, and the Convert Birds. We see two of these little cuties when Zeb and Ezra have their little big bro moment. And then Morai herself flies over Ezra as he's gazing up into the sky near Chopper Base right before Ahsoka pops her little head over and is like, what you doing? like oh yay i love it uh getting back to those aliens i guess lieutenant dicer's just dead because Mm -hmm. they didn't try to find her and she's never mentioned again this is like big alien xenomorph vibes from the way rex was hanging from the ceiling too in the spider cave r.i.p to almost everyone from the nostromo we love you and everything is not fine ripley got away i guess yeah they should have just they should have just listened to the smart woman and the cat Yes, obviously. Always listen to the smart woman of the cat. <laughs> uh, speaking of creatures, though, we also have those little hermit crab guys. Those are called dokmas. Uh, Zeb calls them boguns, which refers to the Lasat word for the dark side of the force. A little extreme, Zeb, I think. Um, I, might, I, might, I might call the, the Krikna spiders closer to that and not the little hermit crabs. Right? They're just so saying. cute. They're just so little cute. They're so sweet. 
I just it's like porgs though because I guess they get everywhere because they were in the ghost yeah just like the porgs get into the falcon in the sequel trilogy so maybe they won't be able to get rid of them they were so cute when they were like shuddering with fear next they went right for that sensor too oh like, yeah they seemed to know that the Christmas would not like that so that they're pretty smart little dudes like follow the dogmas I guess <laughs> <laughs> They know what's going on. Just listen to the little hermit crabs. And then last but not least, we get music. Like, yes, it's not a score. This is like actual in-universe music, which we don't get to hear very often. Zeb seems to be kind of a fan of whatever Star Wars universe's uh, hair bands are. Well, metal, metal guitar riffs going on there. I loved it. And then, of course, he's also sharing a beer with Ezra. Absolutely. Like, Here you go. And it's like in a can. <laughs> I'm not used to seeing like a canned beverage on Star Wars either. So that was kind of cool. Zeb mm -hmm. is like, what's his name from Onward? He reminds me of the Big oh, Brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Big Brother Onward. and Onward. Yes, Chris Pratt's character. Yeah. <laughs> Just like he's totally a bad influence on his little brother, but that's fine. It's good. All right, everybody, we are now heading into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels. She's almost done Ooh. with season two. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> We're getting so Can't close. Can't believe it. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be good. <laughs> We've asked her with watching the episodes, giving us her questions and her takes. So let's see what the ambassador for Naboo thought about these episodes this week. Okay. So y'all already know what I'm going to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> um, but they are important <laughs> for further okay. things. So I have this thing. I'm going to start off with just like how I'm feeling about the show as a whole right now, I think. Okay. I am really enjoying the show. I think the show is great. I think it's hilarious. I think it's like really cool to get to see all these new people and have all these new adventures. However, I'm like getting pretty fatigued by the idea of like, let's go on a side quest and then like stumble into like something important. It's just like this chopper episode in particular, I was, okay, <laughs> let's, let's just get started. <laughs> okay. So episode 19, the forgotten droid. I, first of all, had to laugh at Zeb who kept calling him chopper. That was very cute. Mm -hmm. That was, that was good one. Zeb. Well done. All the laughs. I, <laughs> I have to say, like, in this episode, Chopper really reminded me of Rocket. And I don't know if you guys caught that, <laughs> but, like, Chopper stealing that leg, it was just like, wow, you are best friends with Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. It was Definitely. very cute. It was just, I think they would actually, like, get along really well. And I think they're very, like, analogous characters to each other. Mm -hmm. So super into it. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to read this note verbatim. I wrote, Poor, weird, bug-eyed, vacuum-mouthed droid who sounds like Snape. <laughs> Snape droid. Like, what was that guy? That guy was wild. Um, I ended up liking him, but he was kind of a tough hang. I don't think I'd be friends with him. Um, my next note just says, Chopper is going to cut a bitch, which honestly could fit into any episode. It's not Really could. Like... Uh, don't fuck with Chopper or his friends. Do not. Do not even try. Um, I was pretty into Chopper being the liberator of droids in this one. Like, that was super cool. Like, big big L3 vibes, which we know how much I like L3. Um, it was cool to see Ketsu again, although, like, mm -hmm. not for very long. It no. was like, hey, Ketsu, bye, Ketsu. Okay, It bye. was kind of like a reminder. By the way, she still exists. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> I did not like that, like, balding Imperial guy at all. He was a dick. <laughs> and I did like that Chopper donated his replacement leg. So, again, like, nothing happened in this episode except... It's comedy. <laughs> there was a lot of comedy. And, like, I understand that they discovered that, like, the other system was now, like, occupied and they couldn't have a rebel base there and then... AP5 was, like, able to send new coordinates to, like, a place that would be better. I understand that, like, that was super important, but it just feels like they stumbled into that by, like, mm -hmm. mistake. Mm -hmm. yeah. and so oh, the I'm rebellion like, does that all the time. Oh, yeah. Right? It's so crazy. Like, sure. <laughs> is the light side of the force just, like, eh, eh? <laughs> 
it just feels like they're kind of incompetent at this point and it's yeah. like i the don't British know that I they're new in world war ii yeah but like how new are they like they Very. went through the clone wars yeah but as like a unit like being together they are very they're still very new i just like, feel like it's not so from the rebellion's perspective in terms of being like the full alliance like as a almost as like a standing army unto itself mm-hmm. it's really not until rogue one that that finally solidifies in gels they're independent they're still like yeah. independent cells loosely connected so i get that I just feel like the ghost crew was more capable in season one. Yeah. When and they I could operate like, alone. Yeah. And I feel like they've regressed in a lot of their skills where now it's just like, let's always split up. And somehow like we are always getting into some sort of like horrible mishap where like we get split up for a longer time or we get captured or we're like later taken by fucking spiders. It's just like stay together and like, get it together like i just feel like hera and kanan were like very in charge of the ghost crew in the first season mm-hmm. and like able to make decisions and like able to operate like rescue missions and like do things this one it was just like also i was just like hera you're just leaving him like that was tough she was she's mad just, that, oh, I yeah, she, she was, was mad, mad but it's just like she's just like yeah he fucked up and it's just like all, all right all right calm down there like yes I, I mean she would have gone back for him but yeah she's like we but need to get was the she? fuel like was she going oh, yeah. back for him? oh yeah they would they would have yeah. they would have gone back to search for him it's... but they needed to bring the fuel otherwise okay but like what if he was already stripped for parts like you can't just be like then he'd be fucked <laughs> but they know i mean they also know that he was gonna cut a bitch if anyone tried to do that i mean fair but like he almost didn't make it yeah mm-hmm. Wasn't it adorable like, of Ezra, though, to be like, we have to go back. Yes. God bless Ezra. <laughs> Gotta go get I, our I uncle. Ezra. He's yeah. very, very such a So on uh, this one, though, like, I I like the the chopper-centricness of the episode. I like giving him some time to shine. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Flo, it sounds kind of like you would be more interested in, like, an actual standard mission, everyone's together, but we just kind of stay with Chopper the whole time. Like we just see what a mission looks like from his perspective. Yes, cool. I would have liked that. And I did like the episode. Like I did think it was really interesting that like, we know exactly what Chopper is saying and feeling, <laughs> even though he can't speak. Like, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Like <laughs> they do an amazing job with that. Like, I'm not trying to take away from that at all. No, it's no, no. Just, I, but yeah, it definitely does feel like a side mission. Where... And I'm just, I, I just feel like I don't trust the ghost crew anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't trust them to, like, make good decisions or, like, achieve a mission because they're just like, ah, oops, like, <laughs> we did this right. <laughs> like, yes. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they're going to, like, level up soon because look at your face. But... Depends <laughs> <laughs> on what you mean by leveling up. <laughs> I, I just, like, yeah, I... I just felt like not, not not enough happened in this episode where I was like, this should be an entire episode. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'll move on yeah. to the next one. Okay, so first of all, they called this base Chopper base because of Chopper, right? Yes, because okay, he that's... ultimately, he's like the one that found it effectively, yeah. even that's... though it was really AP5. <laughs> Fair. Uh, justice for AP5, I guess, but that guy's also kind of a dick. So I'm, I'm all about chopper base. I think that's very sweet. Good job giving recognition to the droids. Oh, also I wanted to ask, is the last episode Sarah's favorite episode? Because <laughs> I feel like it was so droid centric that it was just like, there's no way that she does not, like, like AP5. She, she does. Yeah. I also love AP5 and it is kind of sad that she could be with us today. The defender of droids could not to be celebrate. here to celebrate <laughs> the forgotten to celebrate droid. Droids, yeah. Uh, well, I don't really like AP5 yet, but that's fine. Um, I just feel like he keep he's like going to say like turn to page 394 or whatever any second. It's just very strange. Um, okay. <laughs> Episode 20. I loved the Hera content in this. <laughs> yes. I loved it. First of all, just like her standing there like watching the boys like practice lightsaber stuff yeah mm-hmm. i was like this is precious it's just like you could tell like what she's thinking she's like oh there's like the hubs and my son and it's like oh so cute love her i do think that kaden is pushing ezra way too hard right now and i feel like this is gonna bite him in the ass i feel like 
the his last like time at the temple where he's they're like Ezra's gonna go dark he's like I can't let that happen and now he's gonna like hold on too tight and like push too hard and that's what's gonna push him over you know I mean I know Star Wars so I feel like that's what's gonna happen relationships everything I feel like everything gets fucked up just when it's getting good um so I am worried about that if Star Wars could stop it with the spiders I would really appreciate it (laughs) I would also appreciate it. It is disgust that this was so much. It was like so the true. whole episode was just yeah. like up in a spider's face with like the weird tentacle thing. What are they called? They're not tentacles, like pincher thing. Pinchers. Yeah, it's got like a beak. It, yeah. it was disgusting. I will say, like, the eyes were actually kind of cute. Like, they weren't the creepiest eyes I've ever seen, but just like the bony legs and like, oh God, it's so gross. Disgusting. However, <laughs> Zeb chilling like in his own like, trailer park situation <laughs> was amazing. He just like cranked the rock tunes up. I thought that was so cute. Just watching the sunset. Like he was definitely drinking a beer. Like absolutely. Gave some to Ezra. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like, I feel like if Zeb was a movie character, and I'm gonna keep going back to National Lampoon, and I don't know why. <laughs> he's like that weird uncle right the one that like lives in the trailer park in vegas and just like crushes oh, beer cans oh yeah <laughs> that's zeb to me in this episode that's an eddie, <laughs> that's an eddie. oh shitter's full everyone <laughs> but that was super cute i actually really like that sabine and rex went on a mission together mm-hmm. i feel like we haven't seen them together that much and so it was cool to see like a different pairing that was nice i like that Mm-hmm. <laughs> this just says <laughs> Zeb equals strong Ron Weasley arachnophobia vibes. <laughs> More than this two one. legs is just excessive. I mean, it was that that part was like a hundred percent like Ron. Like, why couldn't it be follow the butterflies? Right? That was exactly it. And yeah. this whole episode was just like such strong Ron and Harry escaping from Aragog and yeah, like mm-hmm. that was the whole episode yes um which obviously i liked it because anything that reminds me of ron weasley i'm here for mm-hmm. hera is so salty about kanan and ezra leaving yeah and yet she's like not saying anything about it and it's like just talk to him about it like i don't really understand like you're this like super strong woman who like can lead this whole fleet and like run a whole crew and all this stuff and she's just like being super passive aggressive with Kanan and it's just like well we better get used to being without you guys anyways and it's like just be like I don't want you to go it was really nice I I did like the moment though it was really nice to see Sabine be the one to kind of push them Mm -hmm. to actually talk it out like kids finally like rising up to the parent level and being like yo you guys taught us this now it's time to put up or shut up yeah Agree a million percent. I really like that Sabine, like while she was like leaning against the like whatever she was on, is just like, are you an idiot? Yeah, she did the whole like face plum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, it was, wow. It was super cute. But okay, so let me just like make sure I understand this. So Kanan and Ezra are planning on leaving to go fight the Inquisitors. But like I'm what are they waiting for exactly? Right now they're waiting on Ahsoka to come back. So it's going to be the three of them are going to go on some kind of mission to hopefully solve the Inquisitor problem. Okay. And I assume the Inquisitor problem is just they're going to kill them. Well, that's what Ezra thinks. (laughs) Yeah, that's what Ezra seems to think the plan is, and he's not super happy about it. Okay, but isn't there like a whole Inquisitor like training a cat, like school? Like there's not yeah. So at this point, yeah, yeah. At, at at this point, we don't actually know what that plan is. Okay. We know that they're going to go and hopefully stop the Inquisitors, but we know nothing beyond that. Okay. I guess like what I'm picturing for the Inquisitors, and this is probably stupid, but I'm picturing my favorite planet of Camino with just like a bunch of like baby Inquisitors like running around like getting trained, and it's gonna be like, well, they're gonna go. Like, they already killed the Grand Inquisitor, right? Or whatever his name was. Yep. But then, like, two more Inquisitors show up. And so it's like, are you going to go kill those two? And then there's, like, there's going to be four more Inquisitors that show up. Or, like, I don't know. I just feel like this is not a very solid plan. And also the show hasn't told us what the plan is. They're just like, we're leaving. 
when Ahsoka comes back and training very hard until then. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but like, why can't Hera go? Dangerous. Well, and she wants to stay with the fleet. I mean, yeah, okay, but they're like, trying to do this independent of the fleet. But yeah. what if they like need somebody to pick them up? I feel like they're always like, get over here for pickup. It's like, who's going to be here for pickup? <laughs> You will see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will find out. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm just concerned. Like, I don't understand why they've got to split up. That just seems very stupid. But there you there you go. Um, and they're I worried was... that the Inquisitors will find the fleet, too, because they're searching for it. They're, I mean, the ghosts I mean... could leave and go with them. But then the fleet would have one less ship. Okay. Aren't the Inquisitors Force-sensitive? Yeah. What, what are they using their force sensitivity for if not to find the fleet? That's what they're trying to do, but... Well, they're well, not doing the, it. The inquisitors, the inquisitors are not specifically tasked with finding the rebel fleet. They are specifically tasked with finding other force sensitives. And they've been doing a pretty good job of tracking Ezra and Kanan. But yeah. yeah. Have they? I feel like we haven't seen them in a little bit. We haven't <laughs> seen them in a hot minute, so we're not really sure if they're just being good about staying hidden I mean, Kanan managed mm. to stay off the radar of the Empire for years. Sure, right. So, hmm. it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like you have a little bit of plot armor because they can't yeah. be there all the time. And Also, the last time we saw them was at the Temple on the Thal, and if right. they discovered oh. that as a temple, that might be taking up a little bit of their time. If they're trying to, like, search through the Temple, I guess. I just feel like this is a harebrained plan, and I don't like it. So such an Anakin plan. I mean, it really is. It's like uh, I can do this on my own plan, like not taking into account like everything that Kanan knows about like teamwork and family, like Mm -hmm. that you would assume that he's learned this whole time. Right. So it's like, why do you feel like you need to do this on your own? I guess he's trying to keep them safe. He's got that Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure everybody's safe thing going on. It's it's always like that with the heroes. They're like, I, I have to make sure my loved ones are safe. And I can and only the other do loved that ones by leaving. Like, yeah, and the other loved ones is like, why would you leave us? Like Ron and Hermione are like, we're not going to leave you, Harry. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> okay, all that is fair, but I don't feel like we've seen that from Kanan because he was like, Death Planet, send Hera. She won't make it out alive. Send her for sure. Like, that's not what I've seen from Kanan. I've seen a lot of like, he trusts Hera to make good and like smart decisions and be strong. And so like, why is he now just being like, nah, you stay back, babes. Like, I think that ultimately, I think that ultimately comes down to, we talked about this a little bit earlier when we went to the characters and relationships. I mean, Kanan is terrified. Kanan is absolutely terrified right now. So I wouldn't count on him to make rational thoughts right now. Hmm. It doesn't fear lead to the dark side. It does. Okay. We'll see right. how things go. There it does. <laughs> I'm concerned. I'm also kind of concerned that Ezra couldn't connect with those spiders. Like, I'm, I am mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to come back at some point where it's just like, why couldn't he connect with the spiders? But the snow just says, fuck these spiders. So there you go. <laughs> yes. yes um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So they're, so they're in the spider den, right? And Sabine is like wrenching the legs apart to get Rex out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, let's go. Like, let's roll out. Like, we need to get out of here. The spiders are here. And I just wrote, they kind of forgot about the lieutenant. <laughs> like, what? Yep. They were like, oh, we need to go find her. And then they're like, nope, not even going to bring her up. Nope. Like, what? Yeah. Okay. I mentioned this earlier. It's like, I guess Dicer's just dead. I guess yeah, we're just I, not going to see her again. But, like, that was so weird not to mention it. Yeah. They could have been like, oh, there's her corpse. <laughs> or, yeah. like, yes. Or Rex I mean, could I have said she's gone. Like, right. Yeah. Right. It would have been that easy to just be like, mm, watched her get eaten by a large spider. Oops. And, like, I know we found her helmet, but, like, that didn't signify enough to me that she was dead. Yeah. Especially yeah. since Rex, since they didn't just immediately kill Rex. Yeah. And Rex was 100% fine. Mm-hmm. Like, okay that was so weird so uh, whatever also like how armored are these things like the freaking ship cannons were not hurting them and how strong is that like webbing like seriously that was wild Mm -hmm. like i was gonna ask this a little bit later colleen do we know if these guys are like related to zillow beasts in some way i mean i 
I don't think so, but they're both super powerful creatures that are really hard to take down. Yeah. Like, mm, it takes even like a couple blows with a lightsaber to pierce its armor. So, yeah. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, okay, do they hate the beeping of the like... Probably the frequency. Yeah, like something like that. Like a uh, the similar type of thing that happens with like an invisible dog fence. Got yeah. it. Okay. Because every time they got near it, I like heard the beeping and I was like, okay, I guess they don't like the beeping. But I guess that was their way of showing us frequency. They probably don't like that either. Okay. This, this has an exclamation point next to it in my notes. So I'm going to just bring this up. But the end of this episode, Kanan and Hera hugging at sunset. <laughs> I felt robbed that there was no kiss. (laughs) So unbelievably robbed. Like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even believe it. Also, like, kind of reminded me, and I'm just thinking about this now because you brought up Rogue One earlier, Anders, um, because I know yet another Star Wars is going to be doing Rogue One soon. But yes. Ooh. (laughs) um, This kind of reminds me of that, like, final by the Mm -hmm. beach scene where, like, they're just like hugging and that one's not a sunset that is a uh you know massive nuclear explosion (laughs) but the color palette is similar (laughs) similar color palette of destruction and doom um so that it kind of just reminded me of that yeah i just feel sad for them but i also like can't feel that bad because they're not communicating very well so Mm -hmm. i don't know where all the therapists are in space but they should probably get one like nowhere just none maz maz canada is like the only one she's on taco (laughs) donna somewhere doing something Oh, yeah, overall, I liked the episode, didn't love the episodes. Side questy, spiders, not mm-hmm. not my jam, but enjoyable. I, I'd say like out of 10, probably like a five. Oh, I mean, right. they were just fine. Like they were they were there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely leading into something. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, I trust Rebels enough at this point to know that they're leading into something. Mm hmm. You but just I'm want also, to get there faster. I, yeah, yes. I also like, like, I understand they couldn't put these episodes into one episode because like we wouldn't have chopper base if not for the first episode, mm-hmm. but like the characters weren't together anyways. And so it just feels like we could do some more like split episode, like not like a split mm. screen, you know, but like chopper's doing this and Sabine's doing this and Hera's doing this. And instead mm-hmm. it's just like, here's an entire episode about, chopper rolling through a space station like all right i didn't need that much like a boss <laughs> like a boss for sure but he didn't even like shoot a gun in this one so that's very true where here. was his blaster for real? Uh, um, uh, honestly that all he needs is a leg the leg yeah he's just whipping that leg around like crazy well like rocket doesn't yes. rocket use a leg as a weapon i think he does at some point yeah i think he does too i need that leg i need that guy's how eye. much for the arm <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. I love it so much. Okay, guys, I think we're ready to head into our sixth holocron, which is Conjecture at the Cantina. I'm going to start us off with what Dave Filoni and crew had to say about these episodes. Well, Flo, AP5 sounds like Snape for a reason. Woo! Yes. Voice actor Stephen Stanton, who is amazing. I love him. Based his performance on Alan Rickman who also voiced a depressed robot named Marvin for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film. So yes, he's like, we're going to make this guy sound cranky and depressed. What do we do? Alan Ragman. That's right. Perfect. Absolutely love it. AP is also named after producer Athena Yvette Portillo and the five references for height. So I'm guessing (laughs) she's really short. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Like shots fired at Athena's height, I suppose. I did like this part. Pablo Hidalgo mentioned that they gave Chopper a friend because he doesn't really get an arc really much in the series. He's who he is. He's going to stay who he is. But he does have a history that made him this way, which was really cute to see. The casting crew were also joking about who voices Chopper. Everyone took credit. Everyone, like Freddie Prince Jr. took credit. Taylor Gray took credit. Some of the producers did. Everyone except Dave Filoni (laughs) took credit for voicing Chopper. And then also, this was really cool. Pablo Hidalgo also told Rebels Recon host Andy Gutierrez, the solving of this riddle that fans have been like, well, this isn't right. This can't be correct. The Inquisitors, lightsabers, where is the kyber crystal? (laughs) Because it can't be in the hilt because of how it spins. 
Pablo actually said that the crystals are in the circular part near where the emitters are. So where the blades are coming out from, that is where the kyber is. Hmm. Interesting. I just figured they were like dead center. That's what I thought too, but apparently they thought about it and were like, the fans are going to eat us alive over this if the hmm. blade spins and the and the kyber isn't lined up with it, they're going to lose their minds over this. So that is yeah. what he said. Weird. Huh. Speaking of kyber crystals, I was wondering this about um, when Kanan and Ezra are having their like marathon sparring match, their blades look a little bit, they're a different shade of blue, I feel like. They're not as bright. Mm -hmm as usual do they have like a training mode that says like if i accidentally hit you it won't oh that would that's be an excellent question i know in legends they sure don't because jason solo lobs off somebody's hand while they're sparring <laughs> well that's because he's a solo child and nothing can ever go right for them that's also fair <laughs> i mean there, it could be though i mean the training savers for the kiddos are basically safetyed yeah i think when Yoda's I was watching it this time, but I'm like, that is a darker shade of blue. Also, I like it a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, it certainly would be wise for them to have some sort of like training mode because I'm not over here handing like seven-year-olds a weapon and being like, have at it, bro. Like the little younglings in the temple. <laughs> I mean, you get the pencils, right? What if you've got yourself a little John Wick? <laughs> no. There's a reason why I don't even let them use a stapler in my class. I'm like, don't touch anything. Yeah, don't touch anything. Hole punch, no. no. Get away from nope, it. Nope, nope. So I have a theory. If anyone out here, if anyone out there actually can lend some credence to this, I would greatly appreciate it. But my theory on the entire plot of the Forgotten Droid is that Dave Filoni was sitting around one day and he was thinking, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 are just such an iconic duo. They are, they are always paired together. But they don't really have a fun origin story of like how they became a pair. They each have their own individual stories of where they came from. And then it was just like suddenly, cool, you're together now. And now you're just suddenly always together. So he was just like, you know what? Let's write them a better origin story. But we can't retcon it. So let's make a chopper instead. I mean, this was exactly that pairing, right? Like, yeah, they it have was the same. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely. AP5 is a little bit looser than 3PL. Um, yeah. Like when he does yeah. the, uh, when he like drops the arm, he's like, you abandoned your posts. <laughs> that was hysterical. Definitely sassier. Definitely sassier. Definitely yeah, they're sassier. Both much more big jerks than 3 <laughs> 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 hmm. I like that idea though. Like Filoni's like, we need to give Chopper a friend. Who's going to yeah. be Chopper's friend? <laughs> Who can put up with him, I guess. And sass him back. Yes. Right. And I've got a question for Flo. What do you think Kanan meant? <laughs> oh, I love asking Flo questions. There's going to be so many questions for you next week. <laughs> okay. What do you think Kanan meant when he told Ezra, you win by surviving? Okay, so when he said that, I was immediately transported back to Game of Thrones, where in the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think, like, to me, this was like just like an outlast your opponent sort of situation. Like, uh, you don't like really, th there's no winning in this because like Ezra was talking about like, I'm gonna have to kill somebody or whatever. And it's like, that's not winning. Like the, the only win you can have is to not die yourself, but it's not much of a win. That's how I took it. I don't know if that's how he meant it. I, I don't think Kanan is the best with the words all the time either. So. That is fair. I like that interpretation of it. Like I do. Yes. I think that's definitely part of what he's saying. Like, Ezra, no, like this is not killing someone doesn't mean you win. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Ezra has like a still like a kind of a childlike interpretation of winning where it's like I bested somebody and now like I'm the best. And right. I guess like the goal isn't to be the best here the goal is like literally to just like be able to live another day and like yeah. maybe have a future so yeah just keep yeah. going yeah which is basically what the gross ghost crew has been doing for so long yeah right like they've, they've definitely just been surviving and not thriving that's for sure like they can't relax like they can't mm. like we never like really see them like go have fun or mm -hmm. go out until now i mean we see zeb chilling so yeah, finally gets to chill once they get a base. Chill. 
Except they're like, fucking giant spiders. <laughs> until, yeah, until he gets attacked by a bunch of weird-ass arachnids, he got to chill. But, I, I mean, I guess that's what this is, right? Like, this is, like, living in a war, I would assume. It's just, like, you're trying to make it to the next day and, like, hope for something better. But it's not much of a win. Mm-hmm. But we still have hope. I mean, rebellions are built on hope, babes. That they are, that they are. And I think with that, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today. So tune in next time as we close out season two with the explosive finale, Twilight of the Apprentice. Yes, 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 yes. Been waiting for this one. I have not, but I'm excited. (laughs) Absolute favorite Rebels, maybe favorite Star Wars moments ever. Okay. Coming up. Until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to come and join us. It really does help. You can also head over to forgottenentertainment.com, check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where Colleen, myself, and our co-host Daniel, along with some special guests, uh, you may recognize are examining the films in the Star Wars canon. We just recorded Solo the other day. Flo was on. <laughs> there was a lot of talk about capes and what you I can went, or cannot do in them. <laughs> I'm just saying I went hard for you guys. So. I'm so excited to listen to it. I'm ready. I need to hear about Lando and the capes. I mean, no, Lando wasn't involved in these capes. Oh, I mean, that's fine too. Colleen, just wait. Colleen, watch the movie with me and like, it's, it's just, it's going to, She's not going to be surprised at my takes. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, supply manifests and sensor relays up. Keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.